Greetings, Podcastville. It's November 18th, 2018. It is 11, 18, slash 18. So when we discover as many months as there are years, then we can do an 18, 18, 18 showcast. But until then, we can't. That's okay, though. That's all right. Today, on the podcast, we have a successful kickboxing, Jesus Christ, Avery, kickboxing coach on our hands, a guy by the name of Michael Biddle, a guy who I very much look up to, a guy who I'm very much excited to have on the podcast, uh, He's coming on. He was my one of my main head coaches in my mixed martial arts career. A guy by the name of Mike Biddle. He was a kickboxing instructor and a great one. A great one at that. And people are just like, people are weak and they have a uh, weird sense of opinion. So I'm excited to have him on and have him tell his story because he's he sometimes gets a bad reputation, but he's he's a great person, a great human being. I'm super excited to have him on. So without further ado, Milwaukee Mayhem, give it up for Michael Biddle. Sure. All right, Michael Biddle, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Michael Vittle, for coming on the show. Um, I've been a like I've been a student of yours. I've been a fan of yours. I've been watching you for a while now. Somebody's what got what got you into <laughs> martial arts? Dude? What got you into running your own show? Because you you do your own uh, training camp at Unified Martial Arts, where you hold some of the best fighters through Wisconsin mixed martial arts for the better part of a decade. And, uh, you know, I want to give you a good platform because I feel like you're one of the more underrated people in Wisconsin mixed martial arts. So please tell me what you got, what got you into martial arts, man. Uh, well, so I was working at uh, Quad Graphics in Lamira. Okay. And this dude uh, from Poland did jiu-jitsu. And he was like, hey, man, like, you ever think about trying this? I need somebody to train with. Sure. And I was like, at the time, I was like working out, or you know, I worked out. Sure. But like didn't like lift weights, right, lift weights and shit. Yeah, sure. But like, you know, I didn't like. Obviously, didn't know anything about martial arts. Right. Did you wrestle in high school? Or uh, I did wrestle like a little bit in school here and there, but like not seriously. You know. Okay. What I mean? Like, um, but so he just kind of asked me if I wanted to try it. I said, sure, I'll try it. So we go to his house, and he's got like, you know, like a mat in his living room. And he just literally beats the shit out of me for, <laughs> I don't even know how long. Like, he just basically just, you know, to, I mean, just, he's showing me jujitsu, but he's also kicking my ass. You right, know? right. And this is a dude that, you know. Kind of showing me jiu yeah, yeah. yeah, he's kicking my ass, but this is like a dude with like a dad bod who just, you know, doesn't look like anybody that would be able to beat you up, you yeah. know. And then here he is just whooping the shit out of me. It's so, demoralizing. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, sign me up, man. I'm in. Like, yeah. So that's pretty much where it started. I still talk to him, actually. He moved back to Poland. 
And how old are you? Uh, 24, like, I think. Okay. So around the same age I got into my mixed martial arts career. Yeah. So it's 24, yeah. So it'll be 14, over 14 years now. Wow. So, so it's like now, like running into your own facility. Uh, you know, like, I'm not going to lie, Mike. I've learned a lot of stuff. I don't know if you've listened to the past podcast, but like, I learned a lot about being a man. Through unified martial arts, like uh, the sparring, the the hard sparring that you produce there, people will shy away and people will talk shit. We'll talk about people, you know, behind the scene. Like we'll say their name behind the scene, but like people who have like said, you know, unified goes a little too hard. I don't think it does. I think it's meant for a special type of person that's really willing to fight. You know what I mean? Right. And like, you, you, your gym, Unified Martial Arts in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, uh, for people who don't know, like, you have, like, the toughest, in my opinion, the toughest group of people coming out of your group in, in the better part of Wisconsin. Um, we, you know, the, the environment there is, it is specifically geared to see if you really want it. Yeah. Do you want it or not? Right. And you suck that out of people. Right. And, and, and you I, do a good job of that. People, right. people misconstrue you as being an asshole. You're not an asshole. You're a really nice guy. I remember multiple times me and other people losing on the team, losing, getting beat up. Like I've gotten beat up and being in your corner. But you've like looked out after me and being like, dude, are you alright? Are you okay? Like, and you look after our, our well-being, but you push us hard, and people misconstrue that as you being a bad person, of pushing us past our barriers. And, like, I want to give this a real ultimatum, like, or a real opportunity of you, like, pushing people past their comfort zone to become better versions of themselves, you know what I mean? Oh, right. Uh, and, like, like, you need to find out if it's for you or not. For sure. If you don't know it... And you don't want to get your ass kicked, or you don't want to get beat up, yep. or you're afraid to lose. Yeah, it's not for you, yep. you know. And and I am I am hard. I am you know you know yeah, I'm hard I've on people, but, your but I want to know: Are you going to quit on me? You know what I mean? Like yep. I need to know because if you're going to quit on me and you're going to quit on yourself, then we're wasting our time, you know. Yep. And that sounds bad, but at the same time, like I try to. Tell people how serious this is. Like this you is are, not a game, right? You are locked in a cage with another person that wants to hurt you, yeah. and you need to treat it like that, yeah. and you need to respect it like that. And people misconstrue you because oh, yeah, you everybody grow, thinks I'm an dude, asshole. Everybody <laughs> thinks you're an asshole. Everybody like, but the thing is, like, I've gotten to get to know you over the past few years. You know, mm -hmm. like, but also like with all the past. Alumni of Milwaukee Mayhem with Alex Cooney's the different personalities of the oh, world. Yeah. Like they, with my past experience of you, like we get to grow another light, like of you. You oh, construct yeah. men right. into being like what quote unquote men should be. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like uh, you make a you make us tough. Like I never knew what it was like to get into a fight before 
I did a round with Michael Biddle. <laughs> and then he just came after me like a fucking warlock. Just like, liver kick, hook, hook cross, hook cross switch kick, hook cross rear kick. Like, everything to the liver. You know, like, you, you throw everything. But I feel like most people in my generation especially, we neglect that side of manhood. And you, you instill that, like, into fighting. And I love that about you, man. That's why I wanted to get you on. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's a big, big part of it too. Uh, when you come to my gym, like, not only are you going to get like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to fight. Yeah. I'm going to teach you how to win. But I also, you know, will be like, take you to the side and be like, hey, this is where you talk some shit and you should have shut the fuck up. Yep. Or this is where you might have went wrong or you should have done this. Or if you come and ask me or you have a problem with something in your life or anything, if you ask me. I'll help you. Yeah. I will help you, but I'm also going to tell you where you fucked up. Like, when, how many times did you tell me, like, hey, Avery, because I was working on a lot of custody battles with my son Mm -hmm. at the time you and I were training together, and a lot of things that were, like, financially constraining me to training, Mm -hmm. how many times did you tell me, Michael Biddle, like, Hey, don't worry about the money. Just show up. Right. Just show up, dude. Right. And like that right there meant any like so much more. Right. So much more than anything like people told me ever since. And I just want you like I I'm saying that on the podcast, so it might seem like you know, not real, but like I mean that <laughs> real. I, I mean that like in a realist, like like since you and I have met, mm-hmm. you're one of two people. You and Red. You and Eric. Shaper, um, are the only two people who have ever said that to me. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, dude, just come here. Yeah. Just come. Well, how and much, we'll worry how much about it later. Need, how much did you need that in your life, though? Like a you, lot. Yeah, you a needed lot. a lot. Dude, you're going through a lot of bullshit. Yeah. So, and then it's like, what am I going to do? Turn you away for, for what? 65 60 fucking bucks? dollars? Yeah. Like, fuck that, right? And I love that about right. you, man. And that's why I hold you dear to my heart. Right. You know? And like, you read are so close to my heart because you didn't put a number on the training. You, no. you knew it meant more than that. Right, right. And you, too, like I said, you needed it. You needed, like, you're going through a bunch of shit with your kid, man. Dude, I know. I got a kid. Yeah. I'm divorced. I got a bunch of bullshit. You yeah. know, you need, you need that to either, one, channel your energy into something else for that time, or you needed it to take your mind off of it. So it's Perfect. like like uh, you having a how old is your daughter now? Thirteen. How's that like having a thirteen daughter, a thirteen year old daughter while you're co-parenting? <laughs> it's it's not that bad. I mean, it could be yeah. worse. Could be worse. You but, have a good bond with her. Yeah, like That's um, awesome. We're, I'm in I'm in Milwaukee because she was on the honors band. She got picked to be in the honors band, and uh, so she played at UW Milwaukee today, and. Um, I'm very hard on her also, you know, I'm, she knows what's expected of her and, you know, sometimes maybe I ask too much of a 13 year old, but sure. at the same time, you know, she's doing really good and she, um, seems to respond well to my type of parenting. So I 
can't really ask for much more. I was going to say, like, four years ago, she was nine, and she right. just, like, showed up to sparring sessions. Yep. Just like, okay, I'm ready to go. Yep. People are just beating the shit out of each other. That's, That's right. just normal. Yep. Yeah. She doesn't care, man. <laughs> yeah. She's great. That's her. awesome, man. You can't phase her. That's for sure. So is that like, like, uh, when you, like, try to show a new movie when you were a kid that, like, fucked you up as a kid? <laughs> and you're like, on a Friday night, you're just trying to show her this movie, right? <laughs> like, is that weird because she's desensitized in a certain way, or is that uh, normal? No, she, she, um, yeah, she's, I would, it probably desensitized a little bit. I mean, yeah. but I think the first time she ever watched me fight, I think I was probably like, she was probably like three years old. Fuck. You know what I mean? So, yeah, bring me to that, like your fighting career, because you had a great, Great fighting career before you became a trainer, and I, in my I opinion, say it was great, in my but opinion, it was, okay. it, it was a good, a good, good fight career. Admirable. Mm-hmm. You had heart of steel. You were, you had balls, and you had enough to like show the future, like what right. could be. Right. Which I, led you into the predic- predicament you're in now. Right. Not predicament, but like the the career you're in now mm-hmm. with coaching because you're tough as nails. And you could show, like, hey, I might not be the most that most athletic. I might not be the most, like, uh, gifted. But I have heart and I have skill. And that can adhere to any right. advantage. Yeah. Um, what was it like in your, in your career? Like, being like, okay, I'm going to be a better coach than a fighter. And what made you really, like, stick to that career? Um, well, one, like, I, you know, I had a lot of tough fights. Like, I sure. never said no to a tough fight. So I had three or four, you know, just really brutal fights that were split decision sure. fights that either went three or five rounds, and um, they were tough, you know. And then I would go, I didn't have anybody that trained me. Like, I trained myself. So a self-motivator. Well, I, I didn't have anybody to tell me to take time off. I didn't have anybody to tell me you need rest. I didn't have anybody to tell me you should work on this. You know what I mean? Um, I think if I if I would have had a coach, would I have would I had a longer fighting career? Absolutely. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, I had one super tough fight and... It was a split decision loss, and I think we counted one. I don't know. I got punched, I don't know, fucking over 200 <laughs> times in this fight. And um, it was still a split decision loss, so think about that. <laughs> so think about how crazy that fight was. Yeah. Was I that Rocky, by yeah, the way? Yeah, okay. that's the only, like, a lot of... Powerful lot of, Rocky DeLarm, by yeah, the way, for so, R.I.P.'s sake. So, um, and it was a crazy fight. And, it was um, the best fight digger. Your career, I was there, bro. Yeah, I was yeah. there when was I was seventeen fight. years old. <laughs> I, was I was there. there. <laughs> I was there. You were there. It was, it was crazy, great. right? It was a good fight. And um, but after best that, fight I ever saw life. You know, I went back to training <laughs> like right after that. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I was yeah. puking, like I was sparring, puking, it was blacking smart. out. Yeah, like you're concussed. Right. Right. I was fucked up, and I shouldn't have done that. And then I had some other fights after that, which I won. Um. I don't think I lost a fight after that. I won every single the last, I think, three or four fights in a row. Okay. Um, but I was fighting with minor brain damage. 
Yeah. And um, I should I shouldn't have been doing that. And what happened is I'm in practice and I'm getting hit and I'm getting dropped by For shots. That right by shots that what, what the hell? Like I was I was always like the toughest dude around. Right. You know I was always the dude that could just take the ass whooping and keep coming. Yep. Well, all of a sudden you're not that guy anymore. And how old are you? Uh, thirty. I want to say thirty or thirty. So that's hard to take in your right. Thirty one. Yeah. yeah, thirty or thirty one. I want to say. And um, supposed to be your physical prime, right? Yeah, you're not taking those shots right. like you no. should be. No, you know, and um, my uh, ex wife was like, "Hey, you have other things you have to take care of, man. Like you can't, you cannot get hurt anymore." Right. And she was right. Like, and how I old gym. is your daughter at this point? She was 10, 10 years old. So, like, you know, and I got a you know, house, family, right. the whole nine, a gym full of people. Yeah. You know, people that I have to look out for. So, uh, it just wasn't worth it anymore. And, 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 to, and to be honest, like, I'm a much better coach than I was ever going to be a fighter anyway. You know? Sure. Like, just being real. Right. Like, it's not, like, come on. Like, uh, no, like, I'm I was the, a tough dude. Yeah. I was a tough dude, but I wasn't going to get to the UFC. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at that time, the you know, before that, fighting wasn't paying that good anyway. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, but what I found is that I like teaching people. I like um, seeing people reach their potential. You know what I mean? I like seeing people... Um, do things that they didn't think that they could do. And that's part of the reason, like, why I do it, why I coach how I coach. Because if you don't, if you don't push the person, if you don't see, if you don't let them see what they're made of, they will not reach that, where they want to go, you know? Yeah, they could be good, but if you don't push them beyond the point where they're like, fuck this, I hate this, and all that, like, you're not going to get the best out of them. I agree. And you know, dude, I've, I've no. had you just about fucking crying. You've had gym, me fucking, people, you've you know, had like, me yeah, fucking yeah. wailing and just like halting for breath. I right. know, I know exactly what you're, you push people to their limit, and I do not mean that in any bad way. Mm-hmm. Like, you push them to the limit to realize what they're capable of. And like, honestly, Mike, like off podcast, I I would say the same thing to you. Thank you, because you realize, like you made me realize what it was meant to be a man, right. you know, and like to give past like what I want to give up to. Like I've not been pushed that hard. I've trained. I've had intense sparring sessions in Rufus Sport, Purebita, Red Shapers, all of the top places of Milwaukee. You have not. I've not been pushed. To that limit since you were in charge. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think there's something to that. Like, I I don't know if it's something every week that should be pushed to that, but <laughs> once in a while. Right. Once in a while, you, you should be pushed to that limit, like, right. as a person. Right. Because you realize what you're capable of. And, like, ever since Unified Martial Arts, like, everything has been easier mm-hmm. because of that, because of those, like, Predicament. It's not even. It's not even. Maybe that it was easier. It's just your mindset is different. Because you put us into right. that position right. before, and so when we're like, put into that, this ain't nothing. Like, this I've ain't done this. nothing. Yeah, yeah, I've done this. You know. Yeah, exactly. And part of it too is like um, people. People do. You know, 
And I am an asshole. I'll say straight up, I'm an asshole. I don't think you are, though. I think to people have extent, misconstrued. People do, but I, I am... You're a good person, though. Oh, you I, mean yeah. the best in everybody. Right, right. You Like, you do not have any bad intent right. on me. Right, no. You do not I'm have any that. bad intent on Alex Brockway. No way. You do not have no. any bad intent in Tiffany Masters. Mm-mm. No. All these fighters that you've trained from the ground up, you have nothing but love for. Mm-hmm. And, like, people, because we're, like, grown up in this pussy generation <laughs> like for lack of a better word i really don't know what else to say but like we have a lack of trying but you like ad- you adhere to the strict sense of like this is how it's gonna be right and like you're gonna do this if you want to be a member of this gym right and it's tough and this spartan law mm-hmm. in a sense you know like it, it's tough but well you i mean you you know um you and you've told me this before like you come in and this is a lot of mixed martial arts gyms. There are so many good, great mixed martial arts gyms. And I do not, you know, I will never say that one is necessarily better than the other or this or that or whatever. Yeah, sure. I mean, there is always something to be learned from somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. But but one of the things like you were saying is when you come to my gym, um, you know, and Alex Cooney will tell you the same thing. Alex Brockett will tell you the same thing. You, know, you will say the same thing. Gonzalez, Loudy, anybody. Right. Any you, you Nelson, will find out like Drouse. Yep. All of them guys. You will one the find out what you're made of. Yep. And two, like you will come out of this. If you stick around, you you know, you will be a fucking man. Because oh, I yeah. will I will get it out of you. Yep. You know? Um not just because I'm I'm a hard coach, but because, you know, I will, I will tell you, I will show you, I will, I, you know, and if, and if you don't believe me and I got to put the gloves on and I got to show you, I will. I'm not Which you to do. That. Right. I'm That's the thing that. that makes you a good coach. You put the fucking gloves on and you lead by example. Like I, right. before my first kickboxing fight, do you remember that sparring session, Mike? Like, four or five years ago, you smoked me. <laughs> smoked me, dude. Like, I'll say it on the podcast. I'm not ashamed <laughs> Fucking everything. Left hook, right kick, right right hook, left kick. Just, like, one combination after the other. Like, you lead by example. Yeah. And very few, very few coaches do that, mm-hmm. which makes your gym stick out. Which, like, honestly, like... I love it about that gym, man. People might have their own opinions about training hard and training right. rough. Right. But, but, dude. But like, you're in a fight. You're, you're in a fight. fight. There yeah. ain't no fucking sugar cone. Right. You're going to be in a fight. You're going to be in a fight, so you might as well prepare right. for being in a fucking fight, dude. Right. And, like, I never felt, I might have felt, like, um, damaged in my ego about mm-hmm. how to win the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, being in, in a training camp with you guys, because I'm like, fuck. I'm getting my ass whooped every day. How am I going to win? Yeah, but, you like, know? dude, you're but one of the first three fights that you had in our, like, from smashing. our Smashing. killed people. And guess you guess what that fourth fight was? Well, the one not was training. short. Yeah, not, not training. Not short notice, not, though. No, me not being right. prepared. You weren't prepared. Not, it was short notice, too. Yeah, Wasn't but. It? it was, like, short notice. Yeah, it was though. short notice, but I should have been doing right. your methodology, and right. I would have won. Right. Have I, had I done... Right. Like what the coach had told me to do, <laughs> I would have won that fight, and right. I know that mm-hmm. it's all good. It's all good looking back, and then ne- the next fight after, 
I didn't train as hard. Mm-hmm. And it's all good. I love, I love martial arts. Mm-hmm. I love comedy. I love comedy way more than I've ever loved martial arts. <laughs> and as, like, I'm 27 now, and I have to, like, be honest with that, you know, and I have mm-hmm. to, like, really jump on what I love to do mm-hmm. more, which is comedy, you know, so I'm going to adhere to that more than martial arts. But I can't ignore what you taught me right. when I was a young man. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't stray away from, like, tense audiences mm-hmm. and audience. Like, you're not scared. You're not scared. I'm not shit. scared. I'm scared. scared shit, oh, man. you cannot laugh. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Right. You exactly. cannot laugh. I can bomb in here for ten minutes. Right. I'm fucking still here, dude. Right. Right. And you know why? Michael Biddle. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, that, no, man. I do. I like honestly. I would say this like off the podcast, but you're yeah. on the podcast and you're visiting in town, and we did this two months ahead of schedule because you're in town because of your daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, what was your daughter doing today? She uh, said the honors uh, state honors band, which is they okay. take all the best middle school band kids, oh, put shit. them together, and then they they have like a, a intense three-day um, practice. So they practiced for eight hours yesterday, four hours on Friday night, three hours this morning. Jesus. And then had a concert Sunday afternoon. Wow. They learned all new music that they've never seen before. She must be exhausted. She is. She's oh tired. Oh, my God. Now, like, she didn't even... Yeah. Yeah. When she walked in, she's like, I'm just ready to yeah, fall asleep. Like, <laughs> and um, she she got the, uh, the first chair in her section, which means that she, they either thought that she was the best or she was going to be the leader of the section. Um, either way, they saw something in her that yeah. they thought that um, she deserved the first chair, which is, in band geek terms, that's a big deal. That's, so, no, that I don't know huge, anything about man. it. I just got told about it today. You remember so. the one day you made fun of me for playing the flute? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. No, <laughs> no man, I... Uh, I hear you, man, but, like, at the same time, that's, like, that's why you're here, you know, like, two months ahead of events, because I have so much respect for you, and you really taught me how to be a man in my young, mm-hmm. in like, my early that, 20s. That, dude. you know, that kind of stuff means a lot, almost more to me than winning fights. Fuck yeah, dude. Because, like, uh, you know, other guys, too, like, like Cooney. Yeah. You know, when he came to Jim Brockway, same thing. When they came, they were... They were tough kids. They sure. Were. They were tough. They knew martial arts. They knew how to fight. But they didn't know how to take their life by the balls and just fuck be yeah. like, this is what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Absolutely. You know? And um, they spent a lot of time with me, a lot of time in my gym. And you could see the transformation. Like, you would see all of a sudden somebody would come in and they would be like complaining or whatever. Cooney and Brockway would be like, hey, nobody fucking cares, dude. Shut the fuck up. We got to train. Right. And like when you see that switch, you see that going. You basically, you see a boy turn into a man right in front of you. It's amazing. Because all of a sudden you just see that one day they're like the whiny bitch. And then the next day they're like, not the next day, but down right, the road. Right, yeah. You see a man. They're basically like, hey. Like, we need to get this done. So it's not like it's a coach, dude. It's insane, dude. It's a it's a great feeling. Like, there's not a lot of better feelings. Um, You're a man in a few words. You remind me of my father in that sense. My 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 dad was like a man in a few words. 
It wouldn't really, like, compliment you. Like, you would say, good job. They'd be like, dude, nice. Like, I remember me and Brockway were working on a sequence, like a boxing sequence mm-hmm. for, that you taught. You taught us six months ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, Brockway and I are focusing on that in our mitt session at the end of la- lessons. And you're like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Good job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you're a man of few words for the most part. That was the only praise you gave me outside of context. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, just for your own. And and I don't mean that in any detriment. I just mean that, like, you're a man of few words. Right. And well, what's, that, gonna... what's that like? Like, no, I love that about you because it makes us strive as young men to, right. like, adhere. Like, we want to get that. Right. You want, we want to get that sense that. of satisfaction. And I don't give it to you because you either didn't do it right or sometimes I feel like it's it's given out too easily sometimes, sure. you know, and that sounds bad. You know, everybody wants to be told that they're doing a good job sure. and I understand that completely. But at the same time, you have like, to be real. Right. Like I, like, are I you doing yeah, a good like, job? Like, like, are you doing a good job or are you just doing the job? Right. Like, did you get it right one time out of the 50 times? For sure. That's not. Think about if you only did your job right one time out of right. 50 times. Yeah, I'd get that's fired. not good. I'd get fired. Right, that's not good. Yeah. But, you know, in this particular situation, you guys practice and practice and then you guys did it right and I watched you do it over and over and over again. And then when you were done, because you did it right every time, you did a good job. Sure. But if I would have watched you and you did it right one fucking time, out of the 47 times you tried it, <laughs> I would have just walked away. I would have been just like, well... Okay. That was a disappointment. Like, right. yeah. wasted fucking 27 minutes of my time. Thanks a lot. You so what's it like being a coach? Like when you like decided to switch gears and you were not given the instant gratification of being a fighter where you like knock out a guy and you win. Right. That's instant gratification, right? right? But like the prolonged gratification of being a coach where you're like, I'm going to put this work into this person who has no knowledge of the sport to like like a Tiffany Masters, no knowledge mm-hmm. to becoming a fucking monster, right? A monster, you know, through adversity, losing right. a couple fights, right? Having to go back to the drawing board, mm-hmm. winning, like train, 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 win, and then all that, all that right. stuff. What's that like, dude? It's insane, man. I, it, like, there's not a there's not a lot of feelings better than taking somebody. Like, all the way to where they couldn't go. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Like, Tiffany literally got choked out in 30 seconds in her first fight. Right. She took... I mean, the girl was tough that she fought. We knew that. Yeah. But so what? Um, but then Tiffany came right back to the gym, and the girl didn't miss practice for fucking three years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... like the show's um, hard, dude. Right. And, and um, you know, Tiffany is... Um, not super athletic. She's not super fast. She's not, you know, like a like a crazy superstar athlete. Yeah, she's, she's just not a, a LeBron James. No, she's world. just a person who will keep doing it until she does it right. With heart, right? And heart, she, and you, she won't quit. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, she had to get her ass kicked by Heather Bassett for for how long? Yeah, you know what I mean? Long. Like, you know, um. And, you know, again, Heather Bassett, too, was, was a, a, a girl that faced a lot of adversity. 
kept coming back. Yeah. Um, I love Heather. And by she's the way, always man. like, she, I saw her last week for the first time in months since she had her kid. Mm-hmm. She showed up at Reds mm-hmm. uh, for like a Wednesday day mm-hmm. uh, nogi mm-hmm. nogi practice. Just beautiful as ever with her baby. You know, it was, it was great, man. It was great to see her. That's awesome. I um, I think that um, that when Pete when people start to improve, you know, then they they you kind of see that spark in them, and yeah. then they start to like when they start to figure out the game, man, it, it becomes a whole different thing. You know, for when sure. you're when you first start, you're just learning moves. For sure. You're just learning moves. You're like, throwing how to right, know like, hey, throw no a jab. Shit. But then when you watch somebody who all of a sudden one day figures out the game. Montel. Yeah. In my mind. Montel Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He, you know, he is incredible. You know, yeah. he's, I think he's going to be great. Um, and I just think that that's that, that's the part of coaching that makes you want to keep doing it sure we see that spark right yeah absolutely but because there's a lot of stuff about coaching that makes you not want to keep doing it for sure so um, what makes you keep doing it it's the, it's that man it, it it's not even the, it's not even the fighting like it's I love training. fighting I, I love fighting I love to uh, I love to train somebody to go out there and win a fight and, sure you know what I mean but I like to help people just reach their potential. Just right. just just take this nothing that you had and you just turned it into like something. Whatever that you have never been there. Yeah, it, you would have never been there. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, okay, That's sure. what you did for me. Like, right, like, like sir, I, like, okay, so it, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, yeah, I taught you how to fight, right? right? But I also taught you how to fucking walk into a room and not give a shit. Right. Like, hey, Which you don't you like did. me. I don't I do care. for comedy all right. the You're fucking like, oh, time. you don't like it? I don't give a fuck. I do Why? not give a fuck Cause if I, you don't like Because I do that, right? I do that everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> you do that everywhere you go. And I love that about you. You're so you're one of the most real dudes I've ever met. I'm just like, and hey, if you like me, cool. We'll talk. If, you, yeah. if you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. But if you don't like me, fuck, fuck you. you. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck me too, you know? Yeah, like, like yeah. gives a shit. Yeah. Like, and we don't I have to talk. Actually, you know, dude. I don't care. We do not need, we do not need to hang out on the weekend. Right, right. Exactly. Do not mind me. Like, it's <laughs> not going to make me lose sleep. And right. I love that about you, man. And I've learned that a lot about, like, comedy. I, I took it a different way. But, like, I feel like these things are intertwined. You know, mm-hmm. comedy and mixed martial arts. Because... Ultimately, it's only you. Well, your attitude, your attitude, and it's you. Yep, it's you know. And you know me; I would like stray away. Mm -hmm. Like I will be totally real. I would stray away from conflict. Like Mm -hmm. when things would get tough, like say Nick Gonzalez, just double down on the hooks. I'd back up from those body hooks Mm because I didn't want any piece of that. Mm -hmm. But I took from that lesson. Nick Gonzalez is a beast. (laughs) He's a beast. He's a beast. But like you can. It's not totally your fault. Right. Yeah, he's a beast. But like. I took those lessons like, hey, maybe don't walk away from those body hooks, but find right. another way to find it. Way maybe to not physically, it. but another way to like deal with that pressure, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And like, people always say, I guess what I'm trying to say when I want you to, when I want you on the podcast, man, like, people strive away from adversity. And you look into the front of adversity. Oh, you absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. And like, but still you're here 
Mm-hmm. You're strong. Like all your joints work, your knees, right? Your <laughs> hips, your back, all that shit works. Yeah. And like, uh, so I guess what got you in, in the first place, like into running your own place? Because uh, you and your buddy Gavin had did, done the thing, right? And uh, you and your buddy, like in the early days of training, had your own place of training, correct? Well, yeah. So um, Jason Burroughs and I started, we're training together and we had a, like a club that was started by... In Fond du Lac. Right. Correct. And, and there was like um, a couple other people that were kind of like formed the club and I wasn't involved in the club yet. Okay. And then I came along and... It's a couple of people that I still train to this day that still come to my gym sometimes. Like Rick? Still. Rick, Rick still <laughs> well, comes. Rick. Matt Oregon still comes. Wow. Matt mm-hmm. Oregon's there every week. Yeah. Um, beast. And um, we had, they wanted to, the rec department wanted to close the club. So then Jason and I had to decide what we were going to do. And the guy that was running the club left. He just disappeared and took most of our equipment with him. Oh shit! And um, so we basically had nothing. We didn't even have mats. We had nothing. We were help. We were using the judo mats, the judo welcome mat judo's mats, and their mat space for our club. What year is this? I want to say two thousand five, two thousand five, two thousand six. And um, then the club was closing. We were at the old Fond du Lac High School, and Jason and I were like, "Should we?" And I want to fight. So I needed training partners. Right. Anyway, like I needed to... Yeah, 24, 25. 25. And like, so I needed training partners if I wanted to fight. Right. Otherwise, me and Jason were literally driving to every fucking gym every weekend. You know, we were in Milwaukee all the damn time. I was at uh, Neutral Ground. I was at Dukes. I was at Henry's. I was at... You were all over the place. Right, dude. We were everywhere all the time. Like trying to find anywhere to train. Anywhere. And Jason was like, dude, let's start our own gym. We can make this happen. You know, and at first, you know, I just had a baby, and I lived uh, like 20 miles out of Fond du Lac, so I wasn't close. Yeah. And uh, it was a, a shitty, you know, shitty timing for me, but at, but at the same time... You did what you have to right, do. Right. It's like, well, what are you going to do, man? You gotta, right. I love that about you, you dude. You're just a fucking survivor. Right. Like, what are you going to do? Even if you fail, well... Do what you're so going to do. What, you know? Yeah. Um, so we did. We did. We said this fucking... Like, there's still pictures of it. This old, like, it was the back of a casket factory. And it was literally... A dude, casket factory? Yeah. Like, this, making... Yeah, like, they caskets there. Wow. And the building, In Fond du Lac? Yeah, dude. The building is, like, I don't know, 150 years old. Holy shit. So, we're in the back of this thing, and it's literally just bricks. Did you rent this space out? The back space. Yeah, we rented it. Wow. So, it's literally this back of this, almost like a warehouse, kind of. Except for it's all brick. And In dead no bodies. Heat. Yeah. There's yeah. no heat. There's no anything, and then, like, you could go, you could kind of get into the old factory from, like, the back, <laughs> so every once in a while, we would, like, flashlights and look down, <laughs> you'd go down these steps, dude, and you're just like, what the fuck is down there, oh my god, and, like, if you wanted to go to the bathroom, dude, you had to go, you had to walk, it was like a fucking ten minute walk inside this factory to go to the bathroom. That's hilarious. Dude, that and, so like, people, <laughs> you can ask Red's been there, you know, you can ask all these guys, dude, they've That's been so there, great. they know Red was at our gym, I think it was Christmas Day, I want to say 2008, Jesus. and we're training. This is when I graduated high school. Dude, no heat, no nothing. We're just fucking rolling, and it is, like, uh, cold. Oh, You know, no. just stupid. That's cold. hilarious. And, um, 
but that set the, the precedence for unified martial arts. Right. Because people would come there and they're like, you no, have to be fucking sense. tough. There's yeah. no way you can make it here. It's a blue collar gym, right. dude. It if really you is. are not tough, you will not make it here. Yeah. And um, and that really set the precedence for the whole thing. And Jason and I were just two fucking like roughneck tough dudes yeah. that. Just, we didn't do, at first we didn't even have fucking training gear. We had MMA gloves that we sparred with. No shin guards, no nothing. Like, we were literally just me. I think me and Ben Schaefer went at it a few times, like, before I who's ever now who now is my jiu-jitsu coach, yeah, who is a, a great jiu-jitsu coach and a black belt yeah. under uh, Marcelo Montero. And uh, Ben Pitchford also was a, one yeah, of my first beast. training partners who was Put a beast black belt. And, Plenty um, of times, right? And yeah. he's now a tra- you know a, a coach at my gym. Um, so does he still do the Thursday ski and so Pitchford does every rugby? other Tuesday, and then okay. Schaefer does every Thursday. Gotcha. All right. So like you know this whole thing has come full circle, really for me. Yeah. You know, I've I've literally been in this game for so long that these guys get their black belts. So when you see a guy like Red, who's my my main coach right, right. now. Um, when you see a guy like Red, who you've grown up with, essentially, and he he's reached, you know, he hasn't gotten championship level, but he's reached the UFC. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah. uh, like, what's that like, to, to be, like, your brethren, like, reaching that pinnacle of the sport? It's oh, well, be dude, like, I've been to at least travel to... The Holly to Holmes like, fights, I, well, like, I know that. Like, I've traveled to at least two of his fights for the UFC, out of, like, out of the state. Sure. Um... And, you know, Red was actually one of the few people in this, um, in MMA, that was willing to help me with no money involved. Me too. You know what me I mean? Me too. Exactly. Yeah. And, like... Hey, dude, he let me, like, just on the record, Red, let Eric Red Schaefer, let me train at his gym for three months, no money down, just asked me to clean the mats afterward because he knew I was going through a huge custody right. battle with right. my kid, and, and I had no and, extra and money. Like you said, you needed you needed you needed to train, man. Yeah. You needed it, and in I fucking am indebted to Red for the rest of my life right. because of shit like that. And and I will, I like, I legit was a guy who, if you weren't willing to fucking like. Like help me when the you chips too. were down. You let me train there for free. I don't know if you remember this, but like a couple months where you're like, "Hey, don't worry about the money. I know you're going through some shit. Just show up." Right. Like you and Red are the only people ever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's again, that's about knowing what you know when somebody needs fucking help. Yeah, help them. Right. It's not that hard. It's beautiful about you, you know. Dude. It's not that hard. Like people think like you're a hard ass, and Red's a hard ass because they're not very good at like verbal quote unquote communication Mm -hmm. but like you are you just have to like well you have to you just have to get through the fucking barrier right you have to be willing to um take a little bit of bullshit right because it's not good because I'm the kind of guy that at first yeah I'm not I'm not interested in what you have to say I don't care about what your problem is you know, at first, because I'm a person that once you get past that certain point, will give you everything that you ask for. Right. Every so, like, you know, I, I generally at first am standoffish with people, sure. but that's only justifiably. Because, so. Right. But that's only because once 
you get to be in my circle or or we become you know friends you know you at that point there's nothing that if you ask me for help that I'm not willing to help you with right yeah and I can't do that with everybody you were one of the three you know what I mean? people that showed up to my going away party you know what I mean yeah. like, I was there yeah you were I there I was there you were there you are real dude that's the um, thing like but you know, you can only give yourself so much. So once, if you're not like that with people and you just want to try to be super nice to everybody, well. Yeah, you're fake. Me. Yeah, well, not only that, like, I don't want everybody to like me. Right. At some point, I'm like, I, I don't want, I don't, I, my friends list is full, man. Right. You know, like, I, one, who the fuck has time for friends anyway? Yeah. Like you, you don't. You, no, you I got don't. Shit yeah. going on, you know. I got what shit I mean? going on. You got right. shit going you know, on. Like I just sure. happened to be in Milwaukee. Like, yeah, I'm so glad. You I did couldn't this, believe you fucking way. hit me up. I no, I just like, saw oh, like shit. coincidentally, I saw that you were in Milwaukee on my newsfeed. I'm like, fuck, Mike Bettles here. I got to get him on. But that's that's what martial arts kind of does for me. It it allows me to. Not only help people physically, but help them mentally with yeah. whatever, with yeah. whatever they Emotionally, need help with. Yeah, like everything. You know, bro. whatever you need. You help have, with. you have helped me with every obstacle I've faced since I've moved from Milwaukee. And I do not mean that, like just because we're on the podcast. But the lessons you and like everybody else at Unified Martial Arts have taught us, taught me, uh, has prepared me. For some way, in shape, for, like, adulthood. Like, there's no faking it. There's no, like, oh, I'm happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, no, no, I'm fucking here. I'm here, and I might not be the best, but I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to get there. Right. And that's what I love about you, dude. And too many people... Nowadays, in every sense of life, every aspect of life, are weak, and it's because people who haven't had to gone through things that like you push people through. I don't necessarily know that people are weak. I think that people they are weak because they haven't been put. I was weak. weak. Me, I was weak before I met you, and I don't mean that like, but I was given like a. You uh, weren't weak. You just were never put in a situation where you had to be as strong as you. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. You're not not weak, dude. You weren't weak. You just never had somebody in your fucking face. Yeah. Like, hey, if you don't fucking like it, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And there's a door. Right. And then you can get the fuck out of my gym. Right. And then then you're like, all of a sudden your brain goes, shit, I don't have a choice here. Yeah, that's right. And now all of a sudden. You're correct. And now all of a sudden you have a whole different mindset, right? Yeah. All of a sudden now you're like, you're like, I got to fucking do something here. This is not going to. You know, I can't, like you're, and this, and that's where you get that, you know, your fight or flight or your, or do you really want this? I remember you saying that fight or flight, motherfucker. Right. I remember you you saying that. If you want to run away, then go ahead. There's the door, bitch. Go ahead and run away. Because otherwise, like, because I will fight every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I know that about myself. And you need to find that out about yourself. You need to find that dog in you. If right. you have that. Right. You know? And so, like, straight up, some people don't. It's okay. And that's fine. That's fine. If you know that, 
Perfect. Yeah. You know what you're... Because trust me, I, I'm very well of what I suck at right. and what I can't do. Like, I know all those <laughs> things also. So I don't do computer programming. Right. Like, like, right. like I know, I know my, like my, what I'm not good at. So I'm, I'm not like, going to be an interior designer. Right, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know... I know those things about myself, and then you're gonna you're gonna find out those things about yourself too. Absolutely. And it sounds, God, and people hear that, and they think they don't like that. No, they think it's this terrible thing. And I I want to be like, like if you don't get it, like once you get put in that spot, it's almost like it's almost like your mind changes, and you're like you're like, wow, I can do that. You know that one fight um, I lost with the guillotine choke mm-hmm. early, yep. early? Which you were um, winning. Which I was winning. You were winning the um, fight. Winning the whole thing. <laughs> yep. I honestly like beat myself up every day about that fight. Not the second one that I lost because he, he won that fair and square. It's all mm-hmm. good. But the first one I lost, um, I blame it on myself for not like pushing myself to your adherence. Because I knew if I was under Michael Biddle's training camp, none of the adversity I felt in that fight would have been anything to it. Right, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Nothing would have mattered. Mm -hmm. And uh, because, like, what, he gave me a few hooks to the body? Mm -hmm. That's nothing. That's nothing. But, like, because I had slacked on my training on the months leading up to that fight, Mm -hmm. like, I didn't feel prepared. Mm -hmm. And because of me, who I am, Initially, I guess, like, I I gave up and I wilted before mm-hmm. I really, like, was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And, but you, and I knew that. Right as I was tapping, I was like, fuck, Mike's going to be pissed because he knew he's going to know this wasn't everything I had. Mm-hmm. But one of the best things about you were, even after the loss, I was scared. I was scared because of, like, fuck, I'm about to face Mike. And that might have been, like, a, a weird fear of mine beforehand but you were nothing but like loving afterwards that's like the side of Michael Biddle that a lot of people don't see you were nothing but loving you were hey Avery it's okay it doesn't matter it's all done now it's mm-hmm. uh, it's over you can't take back anything that could have happened but I think you could have done this better mm-hmm. and that's important for a young fighter to hear which, as a young man, maybe I wasn't open for that information. Mm-hmm. But maybe a couple few people listening to this will be. And I think that's great as a coach, man. I, I really do. I think that's beautiful. Because you were nothing but love. Well, I mean, I, I, in that fight, I thought you fought your ass off. Like, sure. you did fight against a dude, the dude was tough as shit. He's tough. Yeah. Is it a fight that you probably could have and should have won? Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, man, like... You know, there was a couple other things also that you had going on at that time. Yeah. It was a lot of shit. And then when when you, you know, you did a lot of things right in the fight, and then you got caught in a submission, and the dude's strong as hell. Yeah. So, you know, it's tough. And um, I am hard on people that lose if I feel like they didn't yeah, you give me everything they got. I remember that round. Do you remember this round with me and, uh, I won't say his name out of respect, but it's in practice, a guy who fought Alton Cunningham, um, who took me down at will, 
mm-hmm. and you were fucking screaming at me. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? I don't remember that. Okay. Uh, I know well, who you're talking about. Okay. All right. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and he took me down at will, and you're like, Avery, get the fuck up, and you're fucking screaming at me, because I just, I and I did. I let him take me down. Right. Because I, I knew you were better than that. I knew you were yeah. better than that. And you were fucking screaming. Like, you were sweating. I remember. I remember was like, why is Mike sweating? He is mad right now. Uh, yeah. Because he cares about his students. And, like, it didn't take me... It took me, like, six months, seven months to realize that. But, like, um... You're like, this guy is a fucking asshole. Why does anybody yeah, train in, here? In the moment. In the moment, yeah. Right. But looking back... I realized what it was, and you were just looking out for me. You mm-hmm. knew I was better than what I was showcasing, right. and because uh, you because know, that's this is this is what I do. I literally train you, and I teach you step by step all these things. Not just me, but the entire coaching staff at Unified Martial Arts is great. Sure, they are. Yeah, they you are. Know, They're amazing. My, my black belts are great. Yep. You know, Kurt Messer is a great wrestling coach. Kurt yeah. Messer is the most underrated. Underrated. Coach, the most. Kurt Messer is literally a guy that gets no credit. No, he does not. And nobody knows who he is, mm-hmm. and that's fine because I don't want him to try to steal him from me. But, <laughs> but um, you know, we put more than just. A couple hours of work into you guys. We put everything we got into decades. You guys. Yeah, you know, sure. th- think about like you know, I, like I am constantly thinking about what Avery has a fight coming up. Yeah, what do the we opponent. have to do? What, what do we do? have to do to win? Right, you know, and it's it's on and on and on. And then it's like, what's your weight like? How do you feel? Uh, you know, do you need anything? What do you need? You know, like, right. Hey, um, well, I just killed a guy, and uh, can you bring a shovel? All right, I'm bringing the fucking shovel. Fine. You know, like, like, dude, like, a 24-hour-a-day, you know, thing. You know, I've yeah. had guys, you know, um, call me, and I know they fucked up yeah. just by the way that they're talking to me. Yeah. Like, hey, coach. Um, and I'm like, well, first of all, what did you fuck up, and are there any police involved? Yeah, you know, that's the biggest thing. Because I'm the guy that gets those calls. Yep. I am. I mean... NG? Yeah, lot, yeah lots of times. Lots we'll of use, times. Yeah, lots yeah. of times. We'll use the masterpiece NG. Times, yeah. Lots of times. We won't say his name. Go to his house. He didn't even put the lock on his door. His Love that guy. Love like, him. I'm like... <laughs> Well, the cops came here and took him, and he didn't even get to put his fucking latch on his door and lock it or anything. This dumb motherfucker. Holy shit. <laughs> He's so smart. Not just him. So but, smart. You know, but like his, 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 like his fight IQ. So yes. smart. Oh, right. Dumbass. Yeah. Every other aspect of life. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love him. You know, I love him. I, you know, I love him, too. Like, he did. He was just back at the gym uh, a few months ago, you know. How's he doing? He's got two kids, he's, you know, sure. he's got a family life. But how is he doing? He's good. He's I good. think he's good. I think he's right. happy with what he's doing. Sure. And that's fine. That's beautiful. Um, but yeah, he was always one of them guys. That yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, for sure. And there's, there's always a crew of guys like that that I have that, you know, they, they look at me, they give me that certain respect of, when I come to talk to you and you fuck up, Wait, they literally it. look at the ground and are like, "No, for sure." Yeah, um, sorry. I don't um, know if you remember this, but like our first kickboxing fight that you like 
coached me through mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you're, I'd gotten my ass, nothing but ass whoopings in the training camp leading mm-hmm. up to that. Right. And I was nothing but doubtful mm-hmm. because I had not given any sense of like how I can be victorious in this fight, right, right. you know? But I was victorious in the fight. Right. And Did you kill that guy? Yeah, head kicked him, finished him. Yeah, I was like, you, punch him. Yeah, I was but, like, you, you know, killed like, that guy. It was crazy. Yeah, it was weird because it ended. And you're like, it's like, you're like, how is this so easy? Yeah, yeah. This is so I, easy. I told you, Avery. Yeah. I told yeah. you. Yeah. But like, in that moment, walking into the cage and having that mm-hmm. moment, not of doubt, but like of like fear mm-hmm. of like fuck I'm vulnerable like I'm right. a vulnerable person like I can be hurt mm-hmm. and walking out of the cage being like dude I just stepped on that motherfucker nobody can touch me <laughs> you know like and you had a big like Michael Biddle had a big part of that because I remember in between periods you being like dude just look him in the eye and punch him in the face and he's gonna will I guarantee you. Because you're working harder than he is. I remember mm-hmm. that you saying that. And uh, it was beautiful, man. Like, I, I cannot repay you enough for the teachings you gave me as a young man. Like, seriously. I would say this off Isn't podcast. Isn't it funny how you think about it now? But then back then, you're like, it's like, when you're in the moment, it really feels like, like, I don't give a shit about you. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Like that's the farthest thing from the truth. Honestly, man. Like, but since I, I've moved I to Milwaukee, you. I've thought of you almost every, literally every sparring situation I've had since mm-hmm. then, I've thought of you. Every gla- grappling situation, when I'm, like, hanging out in guard. Right, you're just And I'm like, like Michael Biddle would kill me. <laughs> kill me. Kill me. Kill me. He sees me in guard not trying to improve my situation. It's game over. <laughs> like, it's game and But it's beautiful, man. Like, and I think there's something to that. And people, like, for the most part, I genuinely think people are soft. Nowadays, like I, I really do. Like uh, after so, move, now, like you live in Fond du Lac, where people are hard. Right. Girl. I live in the city where people are a bunch of Gentiles. Okay. <laughs> like I, I don't know about that, but um, you know, like um, it's it's just one of those. It's it's. I don't feel like people are soft. I feel like people are not presented with the. It's, I don't want to say opportunity because it's. I guess it's not an opportunity, but they're not presented with the situations to dig deep, right? To dig yeah, deep and to see saying. to see if you're tough or not. Like yeah. that's what it. That's really what it's about. And I like, love that about you. Bro. Like you know, like from a young age, I was presented with those. I was presented with like, hey, um, you know, you got to do this or you got to do that. And yeah. you're a kid, but you need to make these decisions right now, or you're going to get your ass kicked, you're not going to eat, you're going to have to figure it out. So when you start having to, you know, like make those decisions or, or are presented with those situations from early on, then you find out who you are early on. But if you're not okay. presented with those situations, is it necessarily your fault? No, no that's true. That's no, true. but... Um, you know, once you, you know, once you get presented with those situations and then you find out who you are, it's a totally different thing. Okay. So, like, people are soft, sure. Sure. But people are soft because 
you can order fucking clothes online. You don't have to go to the store. People, you don't have to deal with people anymore half the time. If you want to talk to somebody, you don't have to call them. You don't have to go to their house. You can fucking Facebook message whoever you want all the time, right? Absolutely. So, like, you don't, you're not presented with the situations that you would these other times, you know? Like, so I just feel like it, like, people aren't soft. People just are not presented with the situations of... Reality. Right. The far ends of reality. Because when you go to a mixed martial arts gym, this is the reality. Uh, You need to fight or you're going to get your ass kicked. And like, dude... And that's the reality. You and me, like my first... Do you remember my first MMA fight with you? Um, We won't say names on who the opponent was, but like, I had gone through hell under your camp. Mm -hmm. Hell. Like, in my, in my interpretation, like, I had been through the Burners. Yeah. So, hell would be. Yeah. I went, hell week, the whole thing, hell week, just mm-hmm. putting a ass whooping on me. I was prepared to get my ass whooped. And I walked in against some guy who had no business being in there with me, to be completely objective. Right. And, and that's like, not your fault. And that's not my fault. That's but, not, like, that's, he had no business. Does, he had no business. He didn't respect it. He didn't treat and it like he, he did not treat it like a fight. And from the moment the first exchange took, when I jab cross hooked him, and he took that hook like a bitch, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> this is gonna be easy." And then I liver kicked him, and he wilted. And mm-hmm. I saw it, and he went for a double leg, and it was a lazy double leg, and mm-hmm. I like like sprawled on him, took the back, choked him out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but. All those steps leading up to that sprawl, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All those, all the jive cross hook, even taking that first hook on the chin mm-hmm. and being like, how am I going to take this? That's going to dictate how a fight goes, right. you know, because you can wilt and turn the other way, get choked out mm-hmm. like nothing ever happened. You wake up the next day, you're all good to go. Mm-hmm. Um or you can like look towards it and you might have a black eye and get choked out the same way a couple minutes later, but at least you went through Right through went through everything, but mm-hmm. I guess what I'm, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but all I'm trying <laughs> to say is thank you, man, because honestly, without you, I do not think I would be a sin of comedian. Honestly, Mike, really, I, I, the rooms that you get when you're first opening yeah, up not as easy. a stand-up no, comedian, it's not easy. nobody's looking at you for comedy. Right. They're going about their daily function. And they, you just happen to be there. Mm-hmm. But if you can make them laugh, you get that sense of, like, I belong here. Right. But, like, had I not taken those lefts on the chin or those rights on the chin or taken down and fucking emasculated at will, <laughs> you know? Like, that, it happens. Um, but it's, I honestly don't think I would have, like, been able to stick through it had I not been through those training camps, man. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Like, yeah. I guess I never... I've never, um, I've never looked at, I guess, from that point of view. I mean, I, I know that you watch a lot of stand-up though. I remember, I do. I, do I remember watch tons talking to you I do about watch stand-up tons comedy. Of it. I do love stand-up comedy. And, um, I think that, you know, like the, just the fact that you get up and you can get up in front of a room and, um, maybe you make them laugh and maybe you won't, but yeah. guess what? If you don't like me, I don't care. Yeah. It all comes back to that. I don't that. care. Right. I don't care. It, that, and that's, I'm doing this for me. Right. And and that's, like, literally, that's like 99% of it. Fuck yeah. Because 
we don't ha- we don't have to like each other. Yeah. We don't ha- like I like I'm perfectly okay with you not liking me. Right. But I do it, like you. Right. But I'm your vice No, I like 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 you don't like me. Okay. So well, leave me the fuck alone then. I don't fine. I'll leave you alone. Like right. I'm not gonna put any energy into not liking you. Sure. You know what I mean? Like I, that's yeah, not absolutely. it's not a it's not an arrogant thing. It's not a it's not a I don't like people thing. It's just literally if you don't matter in my life, I will not put any energy into it. Sure. If that makes any sense. And and that translates into everything that you do. Because okay. I'm because you know you know you're not afraid to stand up in front of people and fucking get booed. Yeah. Well, so what? So, so what? what? Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'm not any different. You know, yeah. I walk into a room and a lot of people go, "Here we go." Fuck. Yeah, my girl's here. Fuck. And yeah. um, but if you know me, you know well, you're good, right? If you yeah. know me, and, and I mean, what was it like when I saw you on that fight at Reds when I hadn't seen you in six months? I'm like, Mike, dude, yeah. what's up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, people that people that know me are always going to come up to me and shake my hand and. and Always got some smart ass sh- shit to say to me, and and I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, but if 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 you don't like me, I ain't gonna say a damn word to you. I ain't gonna yeah. give you know, Fuck and you that's go fine. About, but that's fine. Go because I don't expect you to talk to me either. Yeah. And I'm perfectly okay with it. Um. And that totally sets the it's can set up your life to just be able to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like you're not afraid anymore. Yeah. And mixed martial arts help me. Help you know it helps people do that. I feel like it a hundred percent helps. Right, it a hundred percent helps people conquer any kind of fears that they have. Like, like we don't need to say names, but you know of people on your clientele list, on your gym list of former members, who have started their own businesses, restoring houses, right? Like. Um, re- Building families where yeah. they had commitment issues, mm-hmm. like like there's plenty of people like that, like me with comedy, people with families, people mm-hmm. with their own business endeavors, successful all that people. Stuff. Like you know? it might not be in mixed martial arts, but you've taught them life lessons. Like, this is how you be successful. Yeah, you get no through the what. hard shit. Right. You don't wilt at the same time like adversity. Right. Shows. Don't quit. Yeah, that's really. I mean, really, all it is is don't quit. That's beautiful, dude. You know, don't quit. That's beautiful. Um, I could have quit running my gym a hundred times, at least a million times. Yeah, like, like you have a rough demographic. Well, not, I mean, not just that, but like when I when me and Jason first started our gym, Jason Burrows. Yeah, I mean, me and Jason first started the gym. There was a lot of people that had a problem with it. I did want you uh, not to be. Um, unorganic, but I did want you on this platform to give a time to talk about Jordan Burroughs. Would you like to do this on, oh, on sure. this podcast, or would you like no, to fine. do it on... I can talk about it right now. Um, oh. I have to go in a few minutes. Sure, yeah. Um, take your time. But, um, you know, Jason Burroughs was uh, a very close friend of mine, a very... Um, one of my, at times, my only training partner. Yeah. The and time and he was this? the type of guy that, you know, he, like... We all have the stupid shit that we do. We all have issues in our lives. And this, there's just, sh- you know, shit. Just like anybody else. Right. You know? um, but he was a guy that would legit give his shirt off his back to you if you asked him for it. And 
you know, we started Unified Martial Arts with no money. None. And we ran Unified Martial Arts on no money for a long time. And at no point was there any talk of quitting. At no point was there any arguing about money. At no point was there anything that was not talked about that wasn't positive between me and him. And um, that's the kind of guy that he was. Um, How old was he? Uh, so he would have been 30, I have to look at my, I have the dates on my calf, 1978 to 2012. Okay. Um, and he loved to have a good time. He always wanted everybody else around him to have a good time. Um, so 42, sorry, just a minute, 32, 32, 32. 32. yeah, sorry. And, um. It was just, uh, you know, situations that he kind of got sick and then he had some other issues um, that I'm not going to get into. Sure. Um, but he had to step away from the gym. Okay. And, you know, it's not, I know that he didn't want to step away from the gym. He loved it. And you guys were boys since like high school or were you guys A little bit boys? later than that, but yeah, later. like, you know, we, you know, we were tight. And we traveled all over the place to the other training. We we literally taught ourselves how to fight. That's awesome. You know? Yeah, and, and the um, day where you couldn't get taught right, how to right. fight. You know, and it That's wasn't a big popular. difference. And people were like, You do what? You're yeah. fucking crazy. You're a fucking psycho. You're obviously a lunatic. Like right. what? And um and we, loved it too. and we would do we would beat each other bloody. Yeah. I mean, there was times you would walk out of fucking the old the first UMA gym dude, and there would be blood everywhere. Like, blood on the side. I remember being scared showing up to UMA because I knew of, like, the history. Right. Embedded in that place. And, and, and that was, Jason was, like, the, one of the toughest dudes you could ever meet. That dude could just take a beating and just keep coming. Like and, a Lieben, Chris Lieben. Right. And, yeah. and just, a, you know, a tough dude. And, um, like I said, we... We did all this, you know. We made this happen out of nothing. Yeah. Out of just, just pure. We want to do this, so we're gonna do it. And um, and then he had to step away from the gym. I want to say 2009 or 2010. And I had seen him. I want to say I had probably seen him six months before he died. No, probably not six months, but maybe the summer that he did die. And I hadn't seen him. And uh, he apologized to me for a lot of different things. And um, and he said that he was embarrassed and he was really sorry and this and that. And I said, dude. Now, I, do you mind getting into what he was saying you're sorry about? Or like, um, I don't want to put I you on the special. Okay, okay, it's not, yeah, it's it's fine. Fine. That's fine. It doesn't fine. matter. It doesn't matter. It's okay. not important. It doesn't matter. Um, Just arbitrary little things. Right. Like, okay. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I said, dude, you, don't worry about how, it. How long have we been friends? Like, right. like, you didn't ever have to do that. You didn't, you didn't have to do that. You, you literally can come. It's still your gym, man. Like, right. You know, it's you still to me. Yeah. You started it. I didn't start this. Like, you started it. Yeah. And, I, and like, man, I will give him credit 
forever. Right. Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. And he was like, Mike, we can do so this. So how did you meet Jordan? Jason. Jason, I'm sorry, with Jordan Burroughs. one wrestler, that's where uh, I, my um, mind went. Jason, I'm sorry. And jiu-jitsu. Like, we, like when I oh, started so. doing jiu-jitsu, he was at the club. Okay. At the so very first club. Martial arts. Right, beautiful. the very first club. Very beautiful. And he... And was this in Fond du Lac? Or? Yeah, okay. right. And he was, you know, always cool to me and always tried to help me. And, like I said, we, we built this thing. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, it literally breaks my heart because all the things that have happened since he's died have been so amazing Yeah, that he doesn't get to see. He got to see, you know, he got to be there for all the tough years that we had. We had a lot of tough years, man. Yeah. Years, you know, you don't make any money. You're new, so your fighters aren't always winning all the time. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. You know, a lot of that. So he was around for all that, but then he, you know, he died and he doesn't get to see all the success, you know? And that, I mean, it literally, when I have to think about it, dude, it, it breaks my heart. Like, you know, he's seeing it though, right, bro? I mean, uh, in some aspect, but like, he sees it, you know, like there's just so much. And it is what it is. Like, yeah, we can't, there's nothing I can do about it, but like. He he was the dude that was always there telling me not to quit. You know? Sure. Like he was that guy for me. Yeah. And I'm that guy for Millions. countless yeah. people. Yeah. You know? And um I mean it hurts. It hurts a little bit. You know? So what's it like now? So when Jason died, did you already have your daughter? Or, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So when you had your daughter what was like your biggest was there any change of mentality like um yo I'm gonna start teaching instead of fighting cause like when I had a son I wanted to learn and I remember you and me having some conversations about learning how to fight mm-hmm. and like how to be and you said it best I remember you said yeah man your dad is your first hero as a as a little boy mm-hmm. and I remember that resonated with me for years because mm-hmm. I needed to be my son's hero right and now I am and it's beautiful right. it's mm-hmm. fucking amazing and uh, part of that I like I aid to you because I really don't think I was ready for fatherhood and then I like looked into martial arts <laughs> and like because I wanted to just like let it out on somebody else because right. I wasn't in control of my own life mm-hmm. you know and then you let me have control and you told me like look you're going to be your son's hero, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not. And yeah. you might as well be a good hero. Right. And and that's always resonated with me. So when you, like, faced fatherhood, when you knew you were going to be a dad, like, what made you switch gears? Because that's beautiful to me. Because you're a good, great coach. Great coach. I didn't really know you as a fighter. Mm-hmm. I, I saw one of your fights versus Rocky DeLorme. Um but I didn't know you mm-hmm. as a fighter. You're a good fighter, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. But I feel like you're an even better coach. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's... Uh, I, I was never a great fighter anyway. Like, Sure. Like, let's put but that But you're out a great there. coach. I wasn't that good. I wasn't that good. <laughs> like, like, I won some fights, but I was not that good. Sure. <laughs> but, um... But I take... Parenting and coaching is, like, the same thing to me. Yeah. Um... 
and I said this earlier in the podcast, I am hard on my daughter. Right. I am. Um, does my daughter get the things that she wants and the things that she needs a lot of times from me? Yes. Like if she asks me for something from the store, does she get it? Yes. But why does she get it? Because she gets good grades. She doesn't get in trouble. Yep. I don't have a lot of issues with her other than normal little teenager shit. You know, sure. I mean, I'm not happy today. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Well, we're all not happy today, kid. I got it. Yeah. That's um, your serotonin levels, motherfucker. Right, exactly. Right. Welcome you know, like, to adulthood. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's an easy, it's an easy thing for me. Sure. And, and, and people don't, people don't necessarily want to be mean to their kids. I don't want to be mean to my kid either. But there has been times where my kid has fucked up. And you can bet your ass she fucking got told that she fucked up. Right. You know? So it's an easy distinction. And that's distinction. important. Right. It's an easy distinction if you're clear. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, if you're clear with your kid, this is what is expected of you. And if you don't do that, you will not get what you want. Absolutely. You know? And she knows what she she knows what is expected of her. And she reaches the goals. She puts a lot of goals out there for herself. I don't have to do that. She does a lot of things on her own. Um, and she reaches those goals. That's cool, man. Um, and it's the same thing with coaching. When you come to Unify Martial Arts, the first day you come, do you know what is expected of you? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. You fucking 100% know. Like, hey, I'm the fucking coach, and I don't like you right now. Someday I will like you. But you're going to have to fucking show me why. You're going to have to earn it. Right. You're going to have to earn it. And that's the same thing with parenting. Like, the the whole world is available to you, kid. But you got to get it. You have to earn it. You You have have to to go out and take that fucking world. It ain't going to come to you. Right. And I, you know, I, my daughter knows that. Like, the shit ain't going to come to you. You got to go get it. So to me, it's this. It's parenting and coaching is goes almost hand in hand. It's the same kind of thing. It's fucking um, beautiful, man. And if you're clear with your students, you're clear with your children. Like, there's no need for like a uh, a conversation midway through. Right. Like, hey, this is what I meant right. by no, like it'll right. all be you okay. Know what I meant? Yeah. You yeah. know exactly what I mean. No, it's great. You don't need to have that decided. That's not, you know, that's not perfect. That doesn't work for every kid either. It's okay. You know, it works for my kid. Because she's ingrained into you, though. In well, like, right. From but, a young age. From a young age. Yeah. You're four years old. She wants to get up and run around at a restaurant. No. No, you don't. You come not back here right. and you sit down with the rest of the fucking adults. Right. And you act right. And that's from... So is that like, because you were with your uh, ex-wife for a while... Um, I think I split up, if it, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. um, in, while she was alive. And so your, your daughter had, um, I guess, like, gone through this and, like, had, uh, experienced, hey, both, <coughs> both my parents lived together, um, now they're separated, now I get it, gotta get along with them. What has been, that been like? Because that's interesting to me because I've been co-parenting with my son's mom my entire life mm-hmm. and I know a lot of other people are in the same boat of co-parenting mm-hmm. what's that kind of like like dealing with co-parenting now as your daughter is a teenager <laughs> well it's her mom so you know they don't get along because she's a teenager and it's a woman and a woman so sure. it's a lot of 
So you know? you're her best friend right now. I'm not her best friend. <laughs> that out there right now. You go on Facebook and see the videos that I post of my daughter. I'm not her best friend. <laughs> she does not like it. <laughs> um, but I'm the guy that always makes it happen. Sure. I'm always the guy that if you call, I'm going to pick you up. You got to be an intimidating father-in-law, bro. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, when that happens. Yeah, like... Three, been, four years from been, now. There's been... There's been some... There's been a few, like... Boys or whatever that I've talked to. And sure. Just like... They wilt away. They wilt away. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... Yeah. Right, hey, I was going to say, like, I when can, she turns, like, 17, yeah, I'm bro... I'm going to kill you with my baby. Yeah, that's got to be an intimidating... Because like, I remember my 17-year-old girlfriend. Like, you like, see all these pictures on the wall of me kicking people's asses? Like, <laughs> yeah. see that? Like, that There's is, a lineup of kickboxing yeah, yeah. trophies. Yeah, yeah. See, see all this? Yeah. These are guys that know how to fight. You don't. That means you fail into obscurity. And guns. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guns. A lot of open land. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. But, like, co-parenting is easy if the other person is willing to cooperate. Sure. But I'm, you know, I'm always the guy that, no matter what, I'll go. No matter what, I'll pick her up. No yep. matter what, I'll drop the clothes off. No matter what, you know, oh, we, every Family morning. Family over everything. Like, every morning, like, I, every morning... We have to get up early. I have to take her. You, you know, somewhere. like, I'm like, not going to lie. Like, just being completely objective. I remember a couple times in practice where Brockway or Cooney would say in the, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes into practice, and you were there, and we were like, fuck, where's Mike? Um, and it was just, like, three or four times of the entire time I was training there. But he's like, oh, he's got something to do with his, he's got to go deal with his daughter. Deal with his daughter, so, and like I remember in that moment, like I had a newborn son, newborn mm-hmm. son in that time. He was mm-hmm. six months, mm-hmm. and I remember in that moment, I was like, "Fuck, that's awesome, man!" Mike's just dropping everything to go deal with his his kids. That's fucking amazing. Well, but that's yeah. the type of dude you are. Your family or dead. You happen to get into the swing of fucking people up. Mm-hmm. For a living, right. you know, and like having to do it, like you love doing it and you mm-hmm. love fighting, you love competing, but at the end of the day, you're a family guy. You know? well, right. Like somebody, like, like I told you, you are your kid's first hero. Yeah. And, you know, you have to, as much as you want your kids to live up to expectations that you set for them, you have to live up to those expect expectations also. And I'm not, that I am not a perfect parent. I'm not even a great parent. Sure. I am not. Um, I I have a lot of stuff going on all the time. I'm not always the easiest guy to talk to. Because, um, you know, even my daughter will be like, uh, you know, like, and I've been told this before by my students, by, you know, I'm not the easiest guy to talk to. Sure. Well, you know. But if you come to me, and as long as you're not yelling at me and you're not lying to me, right? You know, we will figure it out. But the problem is, people want to either take try to take advantage of a situation, or they want to lie, or they want to um, try to justify something that they did when there isn't justification. Absolutely. So when you come to me with that, no, I'm not going to be nice to you. 
Right. No, I'm not going to tell you it's all right. No, it's fakeness. Right. I'm yeah. not going to tell you fucking what you what happened is okay. It's not okay. Right. Am I going to help you? Sure. In my own way. Right. But you're not going to try to bullshit me. You know what I mean? And the same yeah. thing with my kid. If she just comes to me and says, hey, dad, I fucked up. Okay. Great. You we fucked, fucked up. up. We all yeah. fucked up. But what happened and what do we got to do to fix it? Because she knows that's what I'm going to do. My daughter knows no matter what, I will try to fix it. I will do whatever I can to help her. Yeah. You know, I, like there's not going to be a time where she's like, dad didn't help me. There's never, that's never going to be a thing. Yeah. So and how old were you when you had her? 25. Okay. Well, my age. So not young. Yeah. But um, it's just... Uh, you know, you know, your kid is born and you're like, holy shit. My whole I have life to take care of, yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to take care of somebody else now. Yeah, man. Holy it's shit. A real, it's real, dude. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like anything Were else. you already fighting before you had met, or before she was, she, uh, No, I wasn't, I was training. Training? I okay. hadn't fought yet. Gotcha. And, um, but dude, she used to come with me to practice. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, Mike, we've been going for an hour and a half. <laughs> Too uh, about... Twice the limit that Sorry, I man. tried. No, dude, this is great. I didn't even realize it, bro. Thank you so much. Is there anything you'd like to plug for the, for um, the podcast? No, man. I, I really appreciate um, you having me on. I, I guess I was unexpected to me. Yeah, man. Um, I, mean, I, saw I just you saw you were in Milwaukee, so I wanted to get you on. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you hit me up, and I was like, oh, shit. I okay. No, I had meant to. I wanted to in, like, January, but then I saw you were in Milwaukee, so I was like, well, he's in town. Might as well get it while we're right. Hell while yeah, he's in man. town. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much. Thank Michael you. Biddle. Crazy. Thank you so much, man. You taught me how to be a man. Michael <laughs> Biddle. Michael Biddle, everybody. Woo! Thank you. Fuck yeah. Michael Biddle. Kickboxing instructor. Uh, group. Group training coach over at Unified Martial Arts, one of the best uh, best people I've ever met. That was astounding to me. I fucking love that, dude. That was, uh, honestly, like a rite of passage of me as a man. So, like, I feel like ever since I had him on the podcast, I am a man now. I have Michael Biddle's respect, and I am uh, I'm glad of that, man. That was fucking beautiful. Please, thank you for Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This is Milwaukee Mayhem. We're going to have a bunch of cool people on here afterwards. we got a great week. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week, so make sure you motherfuckers tune in. Michael Biddle, thank you very much, Michael. Good night. Milwaukee Mayhem, thank you very much.